The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Hey, you're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. And we're happy to welcome you to our awesome pet show where you're, you're going to find out everything your pet needs, wants, and deserves, right? Absolutely. Okay, so I always start with my weekly musings. So by any chance, did you all watch the playoff games for the big game last weekend? And since the big game is down here in Tampa and the Bucks are the contenders, you know what I had to do? I had to buy team shirts and jerseys for my four dogs and my one cat. Hannah, my golden retriever, she doesn't like clothes. Anyway, she will be outfitted for the big game in a bandana. That's going to do it for her. Now I have to admit, I didn't buy any Kansas City Chief jerseys or T-shirts but I had them from 2020. Remember, 2020, the Kansas City Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. So I didn't have to spend any more of Dr. Flex's hard-earned dollars on some outfitting my, the doggies. But if you're going to buy team jerseys and tees for your pets, you better order them pretty quickly on Amazon. Some delivery dates were listed well after game day in February. So hopefully mine will arrive in time, but I'm going to post pics of my pets supporting the big game contenders. And I hope you will too. I'm going to put them on my social media channels at the pet buzz. So if you do the same post on our social media channels, post your pets and team jerseys and tees at thepetbuzz.com. We want to see their team spirit. And we here at the pet bugs, all we have to do is say, go bucks go chiefs good luck and on a sidebar remember we live here in the tampa <laughs> bay area so what does that mean that means let's <laughs> kick off the show with the weekly countdown in segment four we talk with inventor javier sanchez of actvalon about the meow talk app a new app to communicate with your pet and in three, in seg three, University of Michigan Health Systems orthopedic surgeon, Dr. J-Mo Ahn speaks about the dog walking injuries of senior pet owners. And in two, in the celebrity buzz, I'm talking about Chrissy Teigen and her horseback riding. And in Flex Facts, I'm talking about UTIs or urinary tract infections in cats. And in segment one, you know, as the temperatures drop, many dog parents outfit their dogs with coats and sweaters to keep them warm and safe during the winter months. But with the cold, snowy and possibly rainy weather, pet parents have to clean beds, pet blankets, accessories, you know, towels, leashes and collars, obviously more frequently because they're getting dirtier faster. And although they may not wear clothes, cats shed hair on their beds and blankets, too. And then, of course, there are shedding seasons in the fall and the spring. But how does this pet hair affect our dryers? So joining us today is Jason Capizza, the president of Dryer Vent Wizard, a neighborly company, to talk about the hazards of pet hair buildup in the dryer. 
Hey, Jason, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So before we get started, why don't you tell us why we should never leave the dryer on when we're not at home, especially when we have pets? Well, the dryer can be a very dangerous appliance in one's home. Every year, there's about 16,000 fires that start with either a washer or a dryer. 92% of them are caused by the dryer. And, you know, that, that can um, cause about $40,000 on average of damage to their home. And nationwide, we see about $35 million worth of wow. insurance companies have to deal with. And of course, if you're not home, the damage could be your entire home or, you know, please never go to bed and have your dryer running because we, we like you and your pets. We, we, don't any, we don't want anybody to lose their life because of a fire. So that's why you don't want to have your dryer running when you're not at home or sleeping. You know, it's funny that you say that because I recently had a friend staying with me for a few weeks and I said, we have one major rule in the house and that's never leave the dryer on because we do have pets and we just want to make sure nothing happens to them when we're not at home. Sure. So I have a question. So why is drying items that collect pet hair considered a risk? So pet hair um, gets into the dryer vent line. So you know, if I take a step back, a lot of lint actually gets into the dryer vent line and clothing that has hair on it. And I'm sure you both have taken out the screen of your dryer and, and seen both lint and hair um, on the screen. I know I see it every time I do laundry at home, but that screen only catches a small percentage of everything that that dryer is uh, dealing with. And a lot of it gets kicked into the dryer vents. And so with that pet hair and wet lint, because a lot of the, the uh, lint is, is still moist coming from the dryer, boy, they love getting tangled with each other. And then that starts going down the vent line and it will start to clog it and start to clog it a little bit faster with all of the hair that goes into the vent line. You know, and I guess that's why, Dr. Fleck, a lot of, you know, when you read a lot of, if you go on Google and you want to learn how to take care of your beds, they say it's really important to vacuum the beds. And probably that's one of the big reasons is to get all that pet hair off of the bed before you put it in the washer. Well, not only that, but after the use over and over and over, there's probably a lot of accumulation. Yeah. Of pet hair but we're going to talk about that in a right. second. Okay. You have a question. So most people are pretty good about remembering to clean out the lint trap, you know, in their dryers, but not necessarily good about cleaning out their dryer vents or removing the renegade lint from inside the machine. So what are the benefits of taking care of those chores? Well, I, you know, I'm going to uh, start with the fire piece again. Uh, a lot of lint and hair and other things you, you wouldn't believe what we find in, in dryer vent lines uh, <laughs> actually ends up down in your dryer. So uh, if, if you can envision opening the back of your dryer, uh, which is, is something that we do in homes a lot, uh, it's usually covered in lint. And that is your heat source for drying your clothes. And lint is, is very flammable. Um, so whether it's, it's an electric dryer or a gas dryer, you're going to have some very flammable lint right next to that, that heat source, which is never good. Um, besides the fire piece, there are some energy concerns or benefits for keeping your vents clean. 
Uh, if, if the airflow isn't great for your dryer because the vent line is, is clogged, uh, that's when you start to see people have to run the dryer multiple times just to drive one load of clothing. So the more you use the dryer, the more energy you're actually using. And lint does come from somewhere, which is clothing. So the more times you have to dry your clothing, the harder it is on your clothes. So if you'd like to extend the life of your dryer, save some money on your energy, wear your clothes longer before you have to buy new clothing, keeping your vent line clean is, is a key area to focus on. We got to save money. We got to listen to Jason. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So Jason, why should we hire a professional for this chore versus buying a D, you know, DIY kit and doing it ourselves? I mean, I've seen those at, you know, the various big box and specialty, you know, stores. Great question. Um, so Dryer Vent Wizard, we, we do more than just clean the vent. And a lot of homeowners do not realize that there's actual building codes that go for your dryer vent. And a lot of the products that you buy at the big box stores are, are not up to code. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great, great information. Great. Great. What useful and relevant information to remind you that was Jason Kapitza the president of Dryer Vent Wizard, a neighborly company talking about the hazards of pet hair buildup in the dryer and why it's important to remove it and have professionals clean your dryer. Well, to learn more about Dryer Vent Wizard, visit dryerventwizard.com. And next up after the commercial break, we're going to have Celebrity Buzz. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. Now, I want to talk about Chrissy Teigen. That's John Legend's wife. Well, you know, Teigen told her Twitter followers that she was trying a new activity at the suggestion of her therapist following her pregnancy loss last year. She said, my therapist says I need something that I can do for just me as I have absolutely nothing currently. LOL. Laugh out loud. Well, today begins my new journey into the horse world. And then she continued to write, I hope this dude, and she showed a picture of a horse, likes me. He's so handsome and appears lazy. I love, she tweeted. But check this out. Now, this is where it gets into be like all that Twitter shaming garbage. Someone wrote where one critic blasted a celeb for saying she had nothing during the pandemic when many people can't even put food on the table. And for example, another hater wrote, a lot of people are unemployed and struggling to feed their families in the midst of the pandemic. Maybe now isn't a great time to say you have nothing. So you bought a horse to entertain yourself. Okay. And then Tegan kind of, she tried to be nice and she tried to clarify what she meant. And she went on to write, I didn't buy a horse, but OMG, what if I did? I mean, I think this is like way too much. Who cares if Chrissy can buy a horse? She can afford it. And I agree, the pandemic is very difficult for many people, including myself. So why shame a person who has money? I just don't, I don't like it. Animals can offer extraordinary amount of emotional support. Many of us have lovingly experienced great relationships with animals and animals a lot of times are used in therapeutic settings and animals many times are used in therapeutic therapy. Let me say that over. And many of us have had loving experience with animals, right? You've seen it in your practice. We've seen it in the news when children are testifying, there's dogs, a lot of people who are handicapped and kids who don't talk do therapeutic horseback riding. So a lot of animals are used in therapeutic settings to help folks navigate emotional challenges and experiences. So all I have to say is go Chrissy here at the Pet Buzz. We applaud you for doing something positive to improve your mental health. And the two of them are such great people and they do so much for other people. That's right. On a daily basis. Absolutely. And they don't deserve to have criticism for trying to do something to help themselves. Right. And, you know, that's that, you know, that's kind of that rich shame bashing, which Mm -hmm. I don't like. I mean, you know, if you remember a few months ago, we talked about Kim Kardashian and Mm -hmm. she had brought this um, Frisian horses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're really expensive. But Kim has money. She works really hard. But you know what? She's going to law school. She's and she got people out of jail. She sure did. She got and she's working on other cases right now. So if you're a celebrity out there and you're doing something or you're a rich person out there, you shouldn't be shamed because you have some money. And those people, those like I said, those people work hard. People should start their criticism at home before they criticize outside their home. You know what? I think we're going to leave it on a note there for the celebrity. That's the buzz, Dr. Fleck. You said it. That's the buzz. That's the buzz. That's the buzz. Okay. so now what you all have been waiting for. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's gonna take long. You got the time. Dr. Flex, Flex Facts. So, Dr. Flex, what are we gonna talk about today? Urinary tract infections. Okay, so tell us about the telltale signs. It's real obvious, really. Mm -hmm. The kitty Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily urinating in the litter box. Outside of the litter box. Spends a lot of time in the litter box trying to pee. Mm-hmm. And those are all dangerous for the for the kitty because you just don't want them to have a problem where it becomes so serious 
that it could be detrimental to them. So that's why it's kind of really important to pay attention to the, your, your litter box, I would think. Pay attention to your litter box. Pay attention to odor. Mm-hmm. Odor's real and important, too. And look for too. blood, too, right? If there's and, a little blood. Yeah, if you can find it. But, of course, in the litter, it's real hard to see blood. Right. Or maybe they're licking that area a little but bit it's too not much. Hard, but it's not hard to see the blood when they happen to urinate on the kitchen floor, the okay. tile floor. That's right. Okay. So talk to us about how UTIs occur. Is it like bacterial? Is it by, what, what's, what's, what's going on? In Many there? pathogens can, can be the culprit for instigating or causing a urinary tract infection. And it can occur anywhere from up at the kidney all the way down to the uh, ureter. Okay. Um, and depending upon where that infection lies, kind of determines the level of treatment protocol too. Yeah. So the so the doctor has to find out where that is and prescribe the right treatment. Well, protocol. that was kind of my next question. I mean, these things can be deadly. They can kill a cat. They can be deadly. And and the other thing is, you just think of yourself. If you had a urinary tract infection, it hurts. Yeah, it's really and so. You kind of just think of it, you're squeezing. So you squeeze, and then you can't pee. Or you can, and, and it's like a drop. And if you out. can't pee, then all of a sudden it backs up. And it's in the bladder and then it becomes toxic. Okay. And then yeah, you can I be had in trouble. Two, I had two cats die of urinary UTIs. One was Hayden's litter bait, our cat. And the other one was uh, their first cousin, my beautiful show cat. And they're mostly males. Okay. Interesting. Because that's not what I had read somewhere. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. So um, if I suspect my, my cat has a UTI, obviously the vet. Okay. I take him to the vet immediately. Correct. Correct. You don't want to wait for that. Okay. So what's my veterinarian going to do? First of all, if you can bring in a little urine sample, that's really helpful. Most people have a hard time doing that. What's my vet going to look at? The vet's going to look at um, specific gravity. What's uh, that? It's how much it weighs. Just think of how much your, your urine weighs. If it weighs more, that means there's more gunk in the urine. Okay. All right. It looks at the pH. Okay. pH is very important. pH refers to the acid-base balance. Certain, certain types of stones can form when a pH level is, is above 7 or in a basic level. Okay. So we, you want to try to make sure that the, you get the pH in your treatment protocol. Right. Okay. And what Blow else? That. Uh, ketones, sometimes they're seen in case of the diabetes or, or in body wasting. Okay. Wasting away. Got that. And that's why the testing is so important in the different types of tests. Okay. Sugar. Uh, if you could have glucose problems, like okay. diabetes. Okay. If it, if it flows over in urine, you got a good shot of being diabetic. Okay. Bilirubin. What's that? Oh, that's that comes from the the the, the liver areas, you know. You start okay. start getting those enzymes and other things. And they break down the if blood. They break and stuff. down, that means you got some problems there too. Okay. Blood. Okay, we talked about that. Blood, that could be anywhere along the urinary tract uh, structure that you could be getting blood and protein. Okay. Now, a lot of this can be done, This some of this basic stuff, that can be done at the hospital. Do you, you know, do you have to have further testing? I mean, does it have to go off to a lab? Because that's when the stuff gets really expensive. It, it does. And those are, these things that I've just described is the chemistry mm -hmm. that the veterinarian does in office. Okay, so what can I do to prevent a UTI? Well, make sure that we're on a good diet. Okay, good diet. As humans, we need to go to our veterinarian with our pets once or twice a year as they get older, mm -hmm. certainly more frequently. Sure. And and don't don't beg off on not doing the tests. Sometimes people think, well, you know, I don't want well, I want to spend that thirty-five or fifty dollars on a urinalysis. It's so important because if you detect the problem 
before even the clinical signs show up. How much better is that going to be for your pet so that they don't have pain and suffering and death? Mm -hmm. And then think about the monetary. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. well, always great information from you, Dr. Fleck. Any lasting words? That's all the Fleck facts for the week. Okay. well, we want you to stick around more of the pet buzz very soon. Bet you can't wait for my I likey of the week. And later on in the big show, I'm talking about human dog walking injuries because it's National Dog Walking Month. This is the last week of the month. And in January was National Dog Walking Week. So I'm going to offer some advice. Watch yourself when out on the street doing some, as the English say, walkies. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. You know, you're listening to the best in pet talk radio. This is the pet buzz. So let's kick off this segment with my I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way. It's genius. It's to die for. I like it. And I'm going to talk about Pawway. That's P A W A Y dot com. Now, it's considered, believe it or not, the ways for dog walking. Ways is that app you put on the phone, it detects where the cops are when you're speeding down the highway. Well, Um, Paul way is an app and it's the first community app for tracking distance and speed of daily walks with your pet. Users can set fitness goals, which I like create boundaries and routes while also being able to record neighborhood distractions and potty breaks. So I don't know if you know this, but according to the CDC, that's the center for disease control. Adults need at least 2.5 hours a week of aerobic activity and walking is the most popular form or popular way to get it. Daily walks are essential not only to physical but mental health. So your dog won't be the only one benefiting from Pawway. Much like some of our favorite apps that help us navigate agonizing traffic situation, Pawway maps out your neighborhood route and allows you to connect with other dogs and their humans along the way. So not unlike their owners, each canine, of course, has its own unique, distinct personality, which you can rate with the Pawway app from friendly to aggressive. This feature is great because it really helps dog walkers track locations of hostile personalities. Um, And you know, those dogs that really don't, aren't really not socialized, they're behind the gate and they're growling and, you know, acting crazy when you walk by. The one thing I really like about this app, this app was created by dog walkers. 
So dog walkers are always out there on the pavement. So they know the kind of things that you can come in contact with. So what I really love is you can download this app for free. It's easy to use and you can create your pups profile to best suit their needs. It's also compatible with Apple Watch for hands-free safety. You got to love that. Apple Watch is everywhere. Okay, so now let's talk about dog walking specifics. Well, you know, January is walk your dog month. Get up off that sofa, get moving, and don't let those sub-zero winter temperatures drag you down. Dogs need plenty of exercise throughout the year, and the best way to keep them active in the winter is to take them for a regular walk. But it's also important to note that you must be aware that pet owners and service providers can in fact, injure themselves when walking dogs, especially our senior dog owners. And actually, that's what our next guest is going to talk about. Joining us today is Dr. Jamo On. Dr. On is a professor and associate chair for education in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of Michigan Health System, who specializes in caring for those who have sustained orthopedic trauma and those in need of fracture repair. When he conducted the research that we're going to discuss today, he was an orthopedic surgeon and assistant professor of orthopedic surgery at the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. So, Dr. Ron, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you. So, I'm curious, Dr. Ron, what prompted you to study bone fractures in seniors when walking dogs? Sure. A uh, part of that was that, in general, I'm a very curious person. Uh, and my day-to-day -day job is to take care of patients with bone fractures. And when I notice patterns, when I see particular patients that, uh, for instance, get in a car crash or get in a particular type of car crash, or they have a particular type of athletic activity that leads to an injury that leads to a fracture, then I get curious and I start studying them. Yeah. Okay. So you started seeing patterns and they were happy to be with dog walking. So talk to us a little bit about how your research was conducted. So once, uh, once you get that curiosity, uh, one important thing to do is to have a, a team, even if it's a small team, to make sure that you have all the bases covered. At this time, I was working with a resident and in order to be an orthopedic surgeon, you have to go through medical school and through residency. I'm sorry, a medical student. We have to go through medical school and a residency to become a surgeon. And a very motivated medical student wanted to do research with me. And at the same time, there was also a very curious high school student in the community that wanted to do research. And as we talked about the various types of fractures that we had seen, one topic came up as something that we thought would be good to look into and to uh, basically report back to the community. And to do that, we utilized a database or basically a, um, a compendium of information that was already publicly available. It's basically surveillance data looking at what emergency departments, what ERs would see in terms of injuries that were related to consumer products. And so we thought this would be a really interesting way to ask the question, by looking at this database for fractures that were related to dog leashes. And in that way, we were actually able to identify the population of patients that were injured, that sustained a bone fracture as a result of walking their dog. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the rise in injuries in the senior population is a result of, of what trends? 
Yeah, so there, there are a number of trends um, and reasons we believe that uh, the actual number of fractures in senior uh, people of the community has been increasing. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that we believe this is, is that number one, the, the baby boomers are, are getting older and are, um, there are many baby boomers. And <laughs> yes. And so the, just the number of people that can fracture uh, has gone up over time. But interestingly, if you look at, let's say, maybe about a decade and a half ago or so, because our medical treatments and our prevention measures for fractures had improved, if you look at the actual individual risk, what's the chance that a particular person would get a fracture? When you looked at that number, that number was going down for an individual. But because the elderly population overall was growing, the number of fractures that we saw were increasing over time. You know, I think it's also interesting because you have pet ownership on the rise, especially with various organizations pushing seniors to have pets because it's great for them to have companionship. It's great for them to talk to. And also seniors now are encouraged not to sit back in the rocker like they used to, but to get out and get some exercise. So I think those are probably trends that really motivated um, the seniors going out and unfortunately um, having accidents. But, you know, I think those are all all, all good things. Um, Absolutely. You know, so I'm curious in terms of uh, your research, what what injuries uh, were most likely seen? Yeah, the single most frequent fracture, unfortunately, was the hip fracture. Ooh. Um, taking, yeah, taking a step back, the greatest type of injury were to the upper extremities. And that makes sense. It most likely, although we don't know this for sure, this is really my speculation, uh, but most likely the, the folks that got injured were out walking their dogs and not doing things that were dangerous. And so if they would have a stumble, they would typically reach out their arms to brace mm -hmm. themselves. And that's why we would hypothesize that the most frequent type of injury overall would be to the upper extremities. So I, I think this is extremely relevant and I'm actually glad that you were able to spend some time with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I obviously believe this is an important message and um, to be able to talk to you about it and to be able to reach out to the community about that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, like I said, Dr. On, for joining us today. To Just to remind our listening audience, I was speaking with Dr. Yamo On about the first, and this is the first study to identify and characterize leash-dependent dog walking as an activity that imparts a significant and rising injury risk in older adults. What a fabulous interview, and it's a great way to start the year and start you guys thinking not only about the health of your dog, meaning getting out there and exercising, but also sustained injuries that you can have with your dog. So I'm happy to say we're going to put this interview up on our social media channels. I want you guys to listen to it more than once because I think it's important information that affects both you and your dog. Well, up next, how to better communicate with your cat and also stick around for some global pet news.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban and, and country. So I always love segment four because we always get to talk about global pet news. And I I I love this story and I, I know you're gonna love it too. So, and you're gonna wish that you're gonna be jealous because you're gonna wish your dog felt the same way about you. So and now pet buzz news from around the globe. This story hails out of Turkey. Well, a devoted dog has spent days. He spent days waiting outside a hospital in northern Turkey where her sick owner was receiving treatment. The pet, his name was, now check this out, Banjak, which means bead, followed an ambulance that transported the owner to a hospital in, right off of the Black Sea in Trabizon. And this was in mid-January. Well, since then, the dog made daily visits to the facility she literally hangs outside. The security guard told news service she comes every day around nine o'clock and she waits until nightfall. She doesn't try to get in. She sometimes sticks her head in the door and then she runs off. The owner's daughter said she tried to pick her up and take her home a few times, but she keeps coming back. So last week, Bunchuk was finally reunited with her owner uh, when she was pushed outside in the wheelchair and the dog was like crazy in love. The owner said she's really used to me. She loves her to death. But I just love that story. So after they were discharged, guess where they went? They went home. Great human. Interest I mean, story. it was so <laughs> wonderful. I mean, I love those stories. It's it's like on par with the soldiers coming home when when they see their dogs. You know, I love that. I mean, that always makes me cry because the dogs whine and they carry on and they cry and they knock the owners down, even the smallest ones. You know, I'm pretty fortunate as a veterinarian because I get to visit with so many different people with Mm -hmm. their pets. And it's always amazing to me. This this story, of course, is 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 more extreme. But just listening to everybody, how important that pet has been to them for their emotional well-being. I can see it with the pets every day. Yeah. As they relate to their owners. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Okay. So uh, it's time now to talk about some more cat stuff. Well, you know, each cat has their own unique vocabulary that they use to communicate with their owners. Now, from what I understand, this is not necessarily a language. I mean, cats don't all speak the same language as cats do not share the same meows to communicate the same things with each other. But this new app, Meow Talk by Bellon gives your cat a voice. 
So joining us today to learn more about Meow Talk is inventor Javier Sanchez. Javier, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me. Say, before we get started, can you please tell us what prompted you to develop Meow Talk? <laughs> yes. So um, I was uh, in my car listening to an NPR special uh, from Dr. Schultz, uh, Susan Schultz, who has a book, uh, Secret Language of Cats. And because I'm a cat enthusiast and a linguist enthusiast, I said, wow, someone needs to make an app for this. Awesome. Great idea. Hey, you know, some of the best ideas, you know, they always say, you know, entrepreneurs or petrepreneurs in Javier's <laughs> case, it's it's always something that's personal. They've been thinking easy. about it for a while, but it's spontaneous when it happens. But I also mm -hmm. think with your uh, your background, I think you worked at Alexa and also with voice recognition, correct? Mm -hmm. That's what really triggered it. I had seen how how the process worked uh, when I was at Alexa and I was like, well, we, the technology is there. Cool. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So can you explain why it is that meows are not a language? True. They do not have a language and they do not have words, but they have uh, vocalizations that we can think of as words. Uh, think of it as uh, the words that we use for ouch, ah, oh, uh, these are very common. Anywhere you go in the world, if someone says, ah, you know what he's feeling. Cats have a very similar set of sounds, plus they can learn sounds that they use in context. So they essentially they can develop their own words for open the door, give me my treat. But that depends on the cat and how, how talkative they are. Sure. And some breeds, of course, are more talkative than others, as mm -hmm. we do know. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had a question, Dr. Flack. Yeah, that's so interesting. Listen, your team has found the cats usually meow one of nine and tens. What are mm -hmm. they? Uh, correct. And there's more than nine. These are the ones that come out of the box uh, in, in the app, but they are defense, fighting, angry, happy or neutral. Same thing. Hunting, <laughs> uh, mating. <laughs> you know of your cats ask, asking for a mate. Uh, calling for their mother. Uh, think of a kitten calling out for its mother. In pain and resting. Resting would be like purring. And I'm sure as you're hearing this, you're thinking of the various different scenarios yeah, as we're having this interview, I'm trying to think of listening to Hayden. Hayden. Yeah. Our cat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. next question, the big question. Mm. How's the app work? Tell us a bit more. <laughs> yeah, uh, it uses a very uh, run-of-the-mill voice recognition type technologies. Uh, of course, we're applying it with different data and, and, and different types of intentions, but the, the, same, the same mechanics you would use to recognize voice intonations and patterns um, we use that for cats. We just have a different data set. So I guess you just go into download the app and record your cat's yeah. voice. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, go to one of the uh, the stores, uh, Google Play or, or the uh, App Store, and uh, download it, install it, and have fun. You'll get nine and tenths out of the box, and you can train it to learn your cat's specific words if you know that they have one. For example, for food, door, open the door, give me my toy, give me attention. The translation will come back as something um, off, like I'm in pain, right? If they're asking for food, just correct it through the app. Do that about 10 times, wait a day, it'll update and it'll learn that new word. And part of the fun, I think, is recording the cat's voice. <laughs> it is. As he's purring <laughs> or relaxing, as you like to or say. Or relaxing okay. or asking for attention. So, you know, especially now during the pandemic, why is this app so relevant? Why is it important to communicate oh. with your pet? That's so true. Uh, people are spending more time now than ever with their pets at home. And some people may have to be socially 
distancing themselves because maybe they're more compromised or, or susceptible to, 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 to compromise um, with the coronavirus. And their bond really is going to be more focused on the, the, the pets that they have at their home. So this is very important to create a stronger bond with your pet now more than ever. And now you have the time, right, Dr. Fleck? Because a lot of people are still home, mm-hmm. you know, as the numbers continue to rise. So it's a great time to really explore the app and that communication bond. And I don't believe people don't believe that this is really happening, that there is that communication. Just yeah. So this this app is great for the people for people who don't have an ear for all the different meows that a cat, cat vocalizations that a cat can make. If you have the ear for it, this app doesn't offer too much more than because you already know what your cat wants, but it can help you explore your cat's vocabulary. So even if you're an expert cat, you know, listener, you may not know what your cat's asking for in all cases. And this can help you pinpoint those words and and discover new vocabulary. I'll give you an example. The cat comes into uh, the kitchen and it's very clear he's asking to go outside. Uh, you can train the app to learn that word. That way, when the cat follows you into another room and it's out of context and it meows and you don't know what it's asking for, food, toy, pet me, whatnot, the app will tell you because you trained it. So it can it can help people even even though you think you're you're an expert at, at understanding your cat. So what does the future hold for this app? I think I know. <laughs> well, uh, the vision has always been a wearable device. Think of a collar. Um, when the cat meows, uh, you'll hear a voice. Uh, that's been the vision I've had since I I uh, had this idea when I was in the car listening to the NPR special. I want the, the cat to come in and have a voice of my choosing. Um, that's that's the future. And of course, what that means is um, it's going to open the door to a lot of other things uh, that are more convenient. Cat comes to the ho- door of the house, meows, you get an alert on your phone to come downstairs to let him in. That's that's the vision for this. Got it. Javier, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Now it's time to wrap the show. You know, I always hate to say that because it's always too soon. Always. But before we go, we got to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about Black History Month and the contributions of African-American veterinarians. Check this out. Now, it's going to we're also going to talk about what else catnip does for cats. I know we know it gets you high, gets cats high, (laughs) but we're going to find out what else it does. We're going to talk about American migration and domestication of dogs. Special thanks to our guests, Jason Capizza, Jay Moan, and Javier Sanchez. Yeah, and of course, we always have to thank our sponsor, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week on our show. And if you missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pet. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.